there, uh, which which um, which I just call universal society. Uh, they're all fully conscious, and their main focus is raising Earth up into becoming fully conscious beings from duality. Right. So we learn all about human duality, but we also learn about the greater universal duality and how all of that corresponds through Tehran's journey. Uh, but the most interesting thing about Tehran is he is born into a fully conscious society, but every 200,000 uh, beings born there are born dualistic. And they're born this way so that all of the fully conscious beings will have a reminder of what it is like to interact with uh, dualistic beings and for the dualistic beings to also learn and understand what it is like to work with fully conscious beings who actually are loving and warm and embracing, but most of the dualistic children go to a school uh, a school together so that they can learn about a lot of stuff. So it's interesting that Tehran is given that task, being dualistic, teaching fully conscious beings, leaving their, their rightful place in, in a fully conscious society to go and venture into a dualistic society like here on earth so the opposite of what is, we do right exactly and so that is only part of the journey but we learn all about the galactarian alignment of space peoples and planets we learn uh all about um the hierarchy of uh, the gods the created beings the celestials uh all different uh ranks and all the ranks within the galactarian alignment of space peoples and planets and who they are, what they do, uh, how they interact. And plus we get to interact with all of their stories as well throughout this four part book series. There will be seven books total. Um, I'm working on the fifth wow, book you're, now. So you're on, you just finished four, you've done four of the seven. Four, four of the seven and I'm writing the fifth now. And um, uh, so I'm sort of writing two books now, I'm writing my second book for MUFON books, and then I'm also writing uh, the sequel, uh, which might be a prequel. I'm not gonna <laughs> let everybody know yet. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, when I was going through this journey of writing it and that kind of thing, what was very fascinating uh, is um, that all of the, um, whose voice keeps, chiming in here could, could you hear that voice i don't are these the oh. voices in your head craig because I these think are not the voices have... in my head they're the voices on your somebody oh, on your other end they're, they're, they keep popping in in my ears um so i decided to go to the extra added expense and i worked on all the books with an artist to bring all the extraterrestrials, their spaceships, home worlds, inside the craft, inside motherships, all of those types of things. Um, uh, and in each book, there is over 80 renderings as well. Jeez. Yeah, and, and if people do get the books, um, 
they can, uh, what I'd like them to do is start at the very end of the book and read the terminology of the extraterrestrial worlds. It will really help them as they read through the book because they'll get a greater understanding about what words and phrases mean and things that, that they've never heard of before. So, um, so those are all on autobiography of on anet.com on the homepage and people can even click a button and buy all four and hardcover or softcover if they like. Now, and I autograph everything. And these are complete fiction, right? Or is this based on something or an experience or are you trying to tell what you think is a true story through so, fiction? Here, here is how this happened. I, I was around 25 years old. I started working on Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories, right? Right. And that's where I began my casting. As a casting director, right. Right, as a casting associate on that show. So as the show was ending, right, I, I was not into science fiction. I was not into Star Trek. Star Wars was 1977, the year I graduated high school. So I just wasn't into those things. I didn't, I didn't know what spirituality was. I didn't know what duality was. I never thought about what was out there in the universe. And then all of a sudden, one night, I have a dream, and I'm with three uh, universal master teachers. And I just see, I'm just looking at them and they're looking at me and it is the most loving, warm feeling I ever had in my entire life. So wow. for two months straight, I had a dream with them every night, same exact thing. Wow. I wake up in the morning and I think, wow, who are they? What, what, is, what do they want? Is this just a reoccurring dream? And then I would forget about it for the rest of the day. Then the following two months after that is I would be with them in the dream and then I woke up in the dream and I knew my soul was there with them. And I had the same experience for the next two months of waking up in the dream and then in the last two months, I would go be with them in the dream, wake up in the dream, have just this this eye to eye contact, this feeling of them emanating this unbelievable love. And then I would wake up in my bed and I would open my eyes and their astral forms would be at the foot of my bed. Wait, so you say when you wake up, you feel like you're 100% fully conscious. Totally conscious. 3D totally world to conscious. you. Everything's normal, yeah. but these, yeah. but you're with these beings. And they're in, in their astral forms where I can see them in color, but I can see right through them, right? So then I started thinking, maybe I need to take a deeper look into this and see who and what they are, right? You but they're awfully calm about this. Three astral beings in your room. You don't believe in any of this. You don't know about it. You're, or at least you're not a fan no. of this kind of stuff. This happens. You are you not freaked out? Did you not react in a? No, no, because it was six months of unconditional love being directed at me. Interesting, right? So at the end of the six months, I then go and I wake up and I'm in a lucid dream again, and okay. then they feed me from their palms. They're they're both all their palms are like or hands are like this, palms facing me, and all of this golden light is being fed into my body 
and I am just going into this nirvanic state. And when I wake up in bed, I feel like I'm in this cocoon of light, literally floating, but I wasn't. And I never will forget that unbelievable feeling. But what they had done was woken up all of the cell, cellular memory in my cells about the cosmos, where I came from, who I am, who I was, what I was becoming. And so for the next eight months, everything I saw, I saw the beauty behind the creation of it. I'm talking about plants, animals, insects, people. Um, and I would sob uncontrollably happy sobs for anywhere from eight to 12 minutes. And this would happen many, many, many times a day. And at that time, I had my casting office on Sunset Boulevard. So an actor would come in. I could feel their soul history. I would just know it. And then because it was so beautiful to me, I'd have to excuse myself, go in the other room and just sob it out and then come back in and just perform my daily duties. So, so anyway, so then there was from... After that eight months, I really thought I was never going to stop sobbing. And it was, I mean, you know, I was like, I can't go through life sobbing like this. It's overwhelming, for sure. It was totally overwhelming. But, but the next um, uh, process was waking up my astral body so I was no longer bound on Earth. And then I could start astral traveling the universe and I started going to worlds and learning about worlds and then after much time had passed many months I could do it in my waking day where I knew I could feel my astral body going somewhere else getting the information and coming back and storing it and I I couldn't stay inside my body at that time so I had to buy a bunch of hematite stones and keep them in my pockets. So uh, after about a two-year waking process, uh, during this time, I wrote a book about all these experiences. And, um, and I was thinking about getting it published. And then uh, the main master teacher said to me, what would you say if I told you you wrote that book for yourself? And I said, then I learned an awful lot about myself. And he said, now it's time to write the real books you came here to write. I want you to sit down and I want you to keep writing and writing and writing until you can write no more. Don't stop, don't edit, just go. And this is how your process is going to be every day. And by the way, they woke me up at 3 a.m. every morning to write and um, so that was how the process was, but then I realized that this two-year waking process was preparing my vehicle to do this writing as well, right? Right. And, um, and back then, even when I was doing that, I didn't know what channeling was, so I didn't even know that I was channeling until many years later when I discovered what it was. You know, because back then, remember Shirley MacLaine and channeling sure. and all of that. So, um, so anyway, that's how those books came about. So, so you, that's what they really are. They really are more of a true tale written as fiction. 
written as for the reader to make up their own mind. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is incredible, man. Um, yeah. Uh, let's also talk real quick about your award-winning short film, of course, The Stranger at the Pentagon, which I love that story. We all remember yeah. four out there, I'm sure. That was, right. uh, what was that, like 1957, Eisenhower kind of time? Is that? 19, yeah, he arrived on March 16th, 1957, uh, okay. was here for three years, VIP status, lived in an apartment below uh, the Pentagon. Uh, came with a divine design to help eliminate uh, sickness, um, poverty, uh, to talk to them about free energy and how we were polluting the planet, uh, about atomics, war, all different kinds of things. And to also share with the president how things work in the universe since we were getting close to joining it, right? So, so there was a three-year allotted time period um, he, uh, he had organic technology, the, the saucers they had in their, uh, their possession were just regular technology. So it wasn't organic based meaning. So their biological supercomputer, um, a, a lot of times the commanders such as Valiant Thor, it is his essence, uh, his DNA that is married with the ship and he's the only one that can fly it now who says all this this is in the book by um these are these, strangers or something the it's that that part is not in the book um when i met i met dr frank uh uh in the early 2000s and um i uh I just thought i was going to go to lunch with them and it would be a fan lunch me being the fan of the book yeah. And we ended up being friends. And not long after that, he said, um, somebody uh, has called me and wants to make it into a movie. Will you come with me to the meeting with me and my wife? Because I don't know of such things. And I've had so many disappointments in the past with people coming forward and saying that they can do what they could do right and make it into a movie yeah that's so, the world that yeah, as you know that's the movie yeah, world that's a movie yeah i've been in it since i was 15 so yeah i know so i went with them to the meeting and um uh, the person just didn't have any credentials or anything was super nice and i just told them uh basically that um you know i uh, wasn't gonna let him get involved with dr frank and uh so any he, and he wouldn't sign papers he said he'd only do things on a handshake and that kind of stuff never Classic. produced anything before and blah 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 so i basically said to dr frank i said look i said i can't let you go down this path i've seen too many people do it um and, and as i told him i took him to lunch to tell him i didn't want to do it on the phone and uh anyway a little tear sort of left one eye and God, I just felt so bad. And I just told him, I said, you know, Dr. Frank, the book is vignettes of stories. There's not a, a thoroughfare of a wealth of information in the book. It's just these vignettes over all the years. And, um, and I said, I'm going to prove it to you. So I sat down and I just wrote what was in the book and I gave it to him. And then 
um, uh, as I'm doing this sort of stuff, um, when I connected with all the master teachers back then, when I would meditate, you actually connect to the universal mind internet. So if there is somebody out there in another world that wants to talk to you, they will pop in or they will pop in and just share. You'll all see them like I get a click in the back of my neck and then it goes like this, like this. And then all of a sudden their image is right there. And in the early 90s, I saw this woman with long red hair, green eyes, porcelain white skin, standing in front of a silver saucer, just beaming, like smiling like you wouldn't believe, in a powder blue uniform, uh, form-fitting, and she was very Rubenesque. And I just never forgot her because she was just so striking and, and so filled with life and energy and beauty from the inside and all of that. And all of a sudden, as I'm starting to write this stuff, this woman pops back in my head and she's talking to me and she's like, oh, write this, do this, write this, do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm used to that because when I'm writing, um, you know, I will, if it's a certain commander or whatever, they will come through. Um, and, uh, and the experience of that, by the way, is they fully conscious beings share themselves. So when they are telepathically speaking to you, they put their soul body in your body when they're talking to you. So you understand who they are on every level. So you know just how beautiful they are on the inside. And I got to say, sometimes you there, there you cry again Jeez. because it's so beautiful. So this was my experience, of course, with her. And um, anyway, lo and behold, through a course of events, um, I, I come to find out that she is one of Valiant Thor's vice commanders on his actual ship, Victor One, and her name is Teal. And so Teal became my sort of mentor, guiding me through a lot of the script writing. And I basically, I, I just came to the conclusion, I say, you know, Dr. Frank, I'm just feeling they want me to take a stab at it. I, we met for a reason. I said, I'm a writer. I There's all, a synchronicity there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I just said, we just have to decide, is this going to be your story or is it going to be Valiant Thor's story? And I said, and I think we should keep it to the three years at the Pentagon. And I said, if I was going to the movies, I would want to know the Valiant Thor story. And he agreed. Totally agree. And even the yeah. title's awesome. Stranger yeah, at the Pentagon. at the Pentagon. Exactly. So. Hey, Craig, restart the thing here again real quick. This is ending. So just hit your link again and let's come back in here.